0: Life on Neptune returns for season two, where Adam and Emma will face adventures they have never even dreamed of, with more mysteries. So, it's all been a lie? More danger. It means that one of you will die. More drama. Stop fighting, are you listening to me? We need to unite or we die. And more risk. Guys, if we don't work together, there'll be no more government, no more money, no more land. There won't even be life. Make sure to be tuned for Season 2 of Life on Neptune, coming soon on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Welcome to the Book Fair, Children's Literature for Grown-Ups. I'm your host, Eric. Now I want you to close your eyes and picture yourself as a superhero. You can have any superpower that you can think of. What would it be? Imagine, anything you like, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Spider-Man, statistically A majority of you may have chosen the power of flight. It is a popular choice. You're in a difficult spot or have a long distance to walk. Suddenly, you can go up into the sky. Unlimited freedom. High above streets, above houses, cars. Far from other people. It's liberating, isn't it? This week for the book fair, I chose a book from my childhood called Maximum Ride. The Angel Experiment by James Patterson. I remember when I was in 7th grade, my English teacher would read the first chapter of a book and invite anybody to borrow something off of her shelf. She would always read something different. She read this to us, a teenage girl being chased and jumping off of a cliff. She caught herself in the air with a pair of wings that sprang from her back, and with a couple of hard, downward thrusts of her wings, she flew into the sky. So I borrowed this book. I didn't know this, but my grandfather's favorite author, Is James Patterson one of his favorite authors that is I was visiting him one day and I looked on his bookshelf and saw the familiar font and it said maximum ride the angel experiment he had it in uh, hardcover instead of paperback and beside it was another book called schools out forever my grandfather gave me both and each time a new book in the series was released he would buy it and read it within a couple of days and then give it to me this was my experience with these books I became obsessed. Maximum Ride follows a 14-year-old girl named Max. She lives with her five siblings, though none of them are truly related, except for the two youngest. They are actual siblings, a brother and sister. They were all still a family. Each of these kids had wings. Max, Fang, Iggy, who is blind, are all 14, Nudge is 11, the Gas Man, or Gazzy, is 8, and his little sister, Angel, is 6. As far back as they can all remember, they grew up in a lab. They were subjected to experiments by cruel scientists that they called whitecoats. They were the first recombinant DNA experiment, which just means grafting DNA from a different species onto humans. Obviously, they were combined with bird DNA, avian DNA. The only other success that came out from this lab, which they called the school, was half-human, half-wolf. These were called erasers. The erasers were like guard dogs slash bounty hunters slash assassins executioners of the school max and her siblings who called themselves the flock were rescued by a man named jeb a white coat one of the good ones or the only good one i should say jeb and the flock lived in the mountains of colorado in a secluded house until he vanished all of this happened before the book even begins and is told by max who narrates in first person she wakes from a dream And while the flock was out picking strawberries, they were attacked by erasers who kidnapped Angel. This is our inciting incident. The flock sets out to save her. Angel is like a sister, or a daughter to Max. She feels responsible for the safety of her flock as the oldest member. Maximum Ride, in this first book, and throughout the entire series, follows themes of family. While family is literally who you are related to, there are people that become your family. There are friends in your life who will have a stronger impact on you than your siblings or cousins. That is absolutely fine. Your family can be whoever you choose. Max never knew her parents. Neither did any of the other members. Nudge and Iggy don't know if they had siblings at some point in their lives. So the flock became their family. These six characters shared so much in life. They didn't have a normal childhood. They couldn't go out and make friends because they were so different. So they stay together. They love each other. While they grew up, Jeb was like a father to them, despite not actually being their literal father. Because they had such a unique life, being chased by wolfman hybrids and pursued by evil scientists, Jeb taught them self-defense, survival skills, and to never trust anyone. They lived for two years alone after his disappearance in the mountains. The only person to take care of them was Max. She clothed them, tucked the little ones into bed, and made sure they had food. Suddenly, Angel... The youngest was gone, back to the school where she was locked in a cage, studied and tested on. The whole while, none of the flock knew what has happened to her, only that it must have been terrible. She must have been miserable, if she were still alive, that is. While heading west, Max gets caught up in a fight trying to save someone, always sticking up for the weak and vulnerable. She gets critically injured and finds a family to take her in. Ella and her mother, Dr. Martinez, who happens to be a veterinarian. Coincidentally or ironically, for two blissful days, Max sees what a family is like. Not running for their lives, searching for food in the wild, or stealing from grocery stores or dumpster diving. They didn't care that she was different. For the time, Max felt loved and cared for. She was always hesitant to trust people. This time, however, it actually paid off. She had home-cooked meals, fresh cookies, a friend that she could talk to, something she'd never had before. All the while, we were getting chapters told in third person following Angel at the school or Iggy the gas man back at home. Max's chapters are all told in first person. We get to know her exact thoughts. This also implements a writing tool known as an unreliable narrator. Max is not willfully telling us anything incorrect when she assumes that Iggy and Gasman are safe at home. When in reality, they had to leave after being attacked. Fang and Nudge weren't being deceitful to the reader when they thought that the rest of the flock was dead. It was just the Erasers lying to them. An unreliable narrator is when they aren't telling the full story, either omitting parts for one reason or another, or simply because they don't know the truth and are telling what they know. The book's themes of family become more complex with the character Ari, an eraser that has a deep personal hatred for Max and her flock. Erasers are spliced with lupine DNA at or near birth, however Ari was transformed at the age of seven. He grew up around Max when they were all at the school together. Not because he was being experimented on like them, but because Ari is Jeb's son. When Jeb rescued the children from the school, he left his son behind, and they turned him into a monster to hunt the main characters. Max is battling a need to protect her adopted family, mourning the loss of her father figure, and Ari is filled with rage and jealousy. She stole his dad from him. He hated them all for that. Max sees what a caring family is like with Ella and Dr. Martinez, and she feels sorry for Jeb's son, who was robbed of that. He couldn't have a normal childhood. Neither did Fang, Nudge, Iggy, Gazzy, or Angel, but they all had each other. One of my favorite things about this series is how easy it is to read. The books read like an action movie. It's strictly no-nonsense, fast-paced, fight-or-flight. The chapters told through Max's perspective, which are most, are full of quippy humor, That reminds you that this character is a teenager. Her family is made up of kids that don't fit in anywhere, so they stay together. Some chapters break from this first-person perspective, as we discussed, and especially later in the series, we get points of view from other members of the flock. One of my personal favorites was in the second book, when we get a chapter that is told from Iggy's perspective. Reading an account from someone who is blind, the words have a rhythmic quality to them as he listens. Papers ruffling drawers sliding closed, doors opening, and he waits. He's not able to describe physically what's happening. He can only describe what he hears and feels and smells. Which is fascinating because when you're reading a book, unless there are pictures, beside the cover art, you don't have a lot of pictures to go along with the story. When I was reading these books, the most real connection I had were these chapters told from Iggy's perspective. He didn't know what things looked like. He described what they felt and sounded like, and that is something that, as a reader, I was able to connect with more than a physical description of what someone's wearing or looks like. The first book focuses on saving Angel and staying together. Max is cryptically told that she has to save the world, that this is all a game, a sick and twisted game. She's frustrated not knowing her own destiny, that she isn't in control. And in later books, she expresses this in powerful moments that feel almost poetic, when in reality the situation is really that insane. Maximum Ride shows us the importance of family. For the right people, we will go to the ends of the earth. Also, it shows that we can achieve literally anything. Max and her family face insurmountable odds constantly. They are always learning more about their abilities, powers they didn't know they had. While it's not entirely relatable to see that characters have wings and are experiencing powers such as mind reading, being able to feel emotions by touch. The ability to grow is something that we all have. We are always growing, always changing as people. We can always be better and learn more. This is my personal takeaway from these books. Not just as a family or as people with the power to save the world, but we as humans are able to challenge ourselves, push ourselves to greater things. I didn't think I could create a book review podcast— And I didn't think I could write a coherent review on this particular book. This is my fourth try recording this episode. But I pushed, I focused myself and I tried. I tried because I knew I could. These are the themes of Maximum Ride. These themes of you are destined for something greater. You have so much more potential than you know. It may feel like things are limited in your situation. Like Max and her family, they're always on the run. They're always being chased and they never feel safe, but they stay together and they push themselves to stay alive. In our own lives, we are not facing something that is literally this challenging, but we have our own little challenges. We have our own struggles to deal with, and those are the times when we get to challenge ourselves and push ourselves to become stronger. I have friends that have chronic illnesses that are in constant pain, and I always tell them that, They are so much stronger and braver than I could ever be. Because as somebody that is not battling with those things, I don't know what it's like to constantly be in pain, to have your own body fighting against you, to never feel comfortable in your own skin. I don't know what that's like. These are the people that I draw inspiration from. And these are the people that I feel are like a family to me. I care for them more than some of the people in my own family. It can seem selfish and disrespectful to say that. But in the end, we cannot change the fact that some people just have a more substantial impact on our lives than others. I'm not saying that your family isn't worth keeping or having around or wasn't influential in your upbringing. I'm just saying that there are people in your life that are more important to you, and that's absolutely fine. It is completely acceptable. You shouldn't have to feel bad that there are people that you care about more because they just mean more to you. We cherish the people that we have in our lives. Our parents, our friends, they all mean different things to us. Cherish those relationships and those friendships and keep them special. Hold them close to your heart. Don't let them go. Push ourselves to become better, become more. And when times are hard, know that you have a support group. You have people that you can lean on, people that you can trust your own family, or the family you chose. Later books of the Maximum Ride series start to explore actually saving the world and break away from these themes of family and become more action-oriented. But at that point, I've become so invested in these characters. They mean so much to me. They feel like a part of my family. I want to see where they go. They become a little less emotionally impactful to me. I feel that the second book, School's Out Forever, at the time of recording this was the better of the books I've read so far. The third book and the fourth book become a little more focused on actually saving the world. The third book, in fact, is called Saving the World and Other Extreme Sports. These books are also full of so much action. They keep things lighthearted and moving quickly. I really appreciate that. Something like Charlotte's Web definitely has a more powerful message about friendship than Maximum Ride does, but I think that Maximum Ride has a lot more to say about family. And this of course goes without saying, Space Jam and New Legacy, the novelization, didn't really do that much for me. As I've been reading more books, and I'm so proud of myself for doing I've been reading so much lately. I'm proud of myself. I feel so much more accomplished in my life by doing that. I'm beginning to take more and more away from these books about what is important to me, my friends, my family, my own passion to create things being selfless and helping others, doing what I can to make other people happy. These are all things that I've learned from the books I've read, and I really hope that these are things that you can definitely pick up on as well. I'm going to go a little bit into the later half of the first book. I didn't want to spoil it early on because it is such a fun read. I cannot recommend it. The flock does end up rescuing Angel, and we find out that Jeb Batchelder is still alive. He is the one who tells Max that she's going to save the world. On top of trying to keep her family together, Max is suddenly reeling from the, from the betrayal of her father figure. The one person that she thought that she could trust outside of her flock is suddenly evil. Max has, a, Max has a chip in her arm. She doesn't know what it's for. She doesn't know if that's how they're tracking them, but she has a small chip in her arm. That's something that she found while she was at Dr. Martinez and they took an x-ray of her body. Suddenly, she begins having splitting headaches. She hears a voice in her head that tells her cryptic hints of where to go. Things like, go with the flow. Take the bus until you see something fun. You learn by playing. And it all just kind of circles back to the themes of personal growth. They go to New York City. They try to find more about their biological parents. That is something that they are constantly trying to do. They're always looking for their parents. And even in the second book, they find one. Again, I don't want to spoil it because it's such a wonderful moment when one of the flock is facing leaving their family to join their biological family, and it's probably the best one. If any member of the flock were to find their family and have to face the choice, uh, staying with their parents or going with the flock, the person that it happens to is definitely the best that it could have happened. To, is definitely the one that makes the most sense dramatically and thematically with the characters. I really have to say that Maximum Ride, The Angel Experiment, and the entire series is definitely worth checking out. It's a little more advanced than some of the books that I've covered so far, and probably one of the most mature-themed books that I will cover, simply because I want to stick to children's literature. I saw this book at the book fair once, so it counts. And the thing that I want you to remember is to just please always keep pushing yourself. You can always be better. You can always do more. And always remember who is there for you the people that are your family, not just your parents, not just your siblings or cousins, but the ones that will help you and support you on the way. Those are the family that matter. Thank you for listening to another wonderful episode of the Book Fair, Children's Literature for Grown Ups. My name is Eric, and I'll talk at you next time.